Hello, and welcome to Marking Out with My Girlfriend. This is my girlfriend, Erin. This is my girlfriend, Kat. And sometimes I do a normal intro. Emma's also, also here. Also our girlfriend, Emma. Emma is here acting as tech, and Emma's here acting as tick, and... Oh, God. Um, Aaron, you can be Rika. <laughs> and I'll be Ikar. Yes, not by you're not be, on record. You're not going to be Omega? I'll be Omega? Yeah, you're definitely Omega. Okay, well, um, let's move on and talk about a couple of things. <laughs> yes, Aaron? Nope, we can keep going. Let's talk about things. First of all, let's lay down, let's lay out our subject matter for this week's episode. The first thing we want to talk about is, obviously, as mentioned, and as is the title of this episode, Eva Surreal versus Ziggy Hyam. The next thing we were going to talk about is, um, basically, WWE releases, because, oof. Yeah, we're getting some not good stuff. And then, just some... You know, general AEW chatter and well wishes where they are needed. Yep. So, let's start off with... Do you want to start with the match? Do we want to have the match be the middle? Do we want to have the match be the main event? Let's do the match as the main event. Okay. So then we're going to start with... Um, talking about what's going on with WWE. So, WWE yesterday released a number of very talented wrestlers. 18. 18 of them. I didn't count because I was too mad. I went back and double-checked, yeah. <laughs> Among those wrestlers, Keith Lee, um, Karrion Cross, who they had fucked over like four different times with stupid gimmicks, you know when they start to give you stupid gimmicks that you're either on the chopping block or you're going to turn into the next gold dust and you just have to try. Yeah. Ember Moon. That one hurts. Yeah, there's a lot of like, just, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Keith Lee in particular, to me, does not make sense because he's the perfect WWE wrestler, former football player. Six Big guy. Whatever. Yeah. Six foot whatever. He fits everything. And he's good. And he's charismatic. And like, he threw Adam Cole that one time, like 30 feet. <laughs> yes. And then almost had Adam Cole as a manager. You mean Budge? Yes. The artist now known as Budge. <laughs> no, it's all about oh, the boobs. Yes. Silver versus Budge is tonight. Yes. That's going to be so good. Okay. Back to depressing news. <laughs> so, basically, like, I don't want to get... I am going to talk about the things that I have my degree in. Which I don't do often because my degree is in finance and fuck finance. But I'm going to pull up um, WWE stock. Just because I think it's worth looking at. We can kind of get an idea of 
what's going on with what they were trying to do with the releases and what has actually happened with those releases. Because there are two things going on. And not a lot of them are very good. So the first thing I want to talk about here is um, the fact that yesterday was their quarterly earnings report. The mm -hmm. quarterly earnings reports, generally speaking, companies want to shut the fuck up before their earnings report comes out because you don't want a run on you know, I mean you want people to buy your stock basically because it drives up the value that equity holders have particularly ownership equity holders Vince McMahon so the idea is to present things as being perfectly fine right up until you issue the earnings report and then try to mitigate the damage that comes from that earnings report if you miss your estimates. Uh, so things did not go great for WWE in their earnings report last quarter. The quarter ending in June 2021 saw a 33.15% increase in the cost of revenue which translated directly to a 33.31% decrease in net income. Basically, the extent of their loss, not loss, because they still, they still made $29 million net income, which is an unfathomably large number for anyone not a company. But the fact is that the cost of running business for WWE was up just about a third last quarter versus uh, the quarter ending in March 2021. I'd say largely due to the fact that they're on the road again. Costs go up when you're traveling, right? Like, mm -hmm. it, it is what it is. Net income was down. Net profit margin was down by nearly 50%. Like, it's, it was a bad earnings report. By all accounts, a genuinely terrible earnings report. So they decided that the best way to mitigate the losses on their stock value during that period was to fire a bunch of people. Because when your earnings report says that your operating costs are too high, you cut cost centers, and frankly, wrestlers are cost centers. Ads are profit centers. You know, ad sales and stuff like that, they're still going to make. Ideally, you make those ad sales based on your ratings, and WWE has been struggling in the ratings. So, like, they're trying... The only thing they can do, they, they, if they can't improve the product because the product won't improve due to stagnation, the only thing you can do is cut costs. So right after that earnings report came out, they openly and very publicly cut 18 contracts worth of cost. And in after hours trading for a very brief period, the stock stabilized. The stock closed yesterday at $60.53. The stock opened this morning at $60.34. Basically, right before a freefall, they stabilized the stock overnight. Which is why they timed the releases that way. Then, by 10 a.m. this morning, the stock had dropped a full $3. <laughs> So, things are not going great. As it turns out, they happen to have just fired their chief financial officer. 
that's something we didn't hear about because nobody really talks about CFOs. WWE yeah, is not in good financial health. The scary thing is, a day ago, they said for Q3 that they are projecting a, like, they're projecting that their income will rise significantly. They're projecting, and they, they, they think they're in such good health that they are increasing profit projections. Increasing profit projections is fucking stupid unless you're trying to stop a stock from free-falling. Aaron, if you had the option of setting a target and exceeding it, or setting a target and barely meeting it, which would you think looks better? Well, I would think... I would think exceeding it. One would think, but... When one stock is dropping $3 a share in half an hour, one doesn't think so clearly, and one increases one's profit projections for Q3 to try to do something to mitigate it. So the low today, after opening at around $60, the low today was... 55 bucks. It bounced back a little bit. But boy howdy did things not look good for them for a while there. So hearing this like I'm not as accounting savvy as you. <laughs> You're the one with the degree. I only took some courses. It sounds like the way they handle their business end it's the same as their storytelling end. Yes, absolutely, it is. It is because this company is run by one person and one person only. Well, one person and the people willing to kiss his ass and give him everything he wants. Yeah. Basically, WWE is a carny organization when it comes to booking. They're a carny organization when it comes to competition. They're a carny organization when it comes to their fucking finances. It's the blood of this company is 100% carny DNA. And mm -hmm. that won't ever go away. I don't like to. I, I am not critical of any of the wrestlers who choose to stay there. I'm not critical of any of the wrestlers who choose to sign there. It is a paycheck and I know that I collect a paycheck from a company that I might not 100% agree with all the time you know everyone does what they need to do to survive but I will openly vocally and aggressively criticize WWE management and the organizational structure because it is just horseshit by the way, they are down another 1% in after-hours trading this evening. That goes till 8? I believe so, yes. Okay. So, on the wrestling side of things, it's really interesting to see what's happening here. In that Keith Lee... Harry and Cross, Harry Smith, Scarlett Bordeaux, Frankie Monet, these people who were recent hires and recently brought up, or in the case of Keith Lee, recently repackaged, that this is entirely the business end because all these people had stuff going on. Mm -hmm. It just cut off all the storylines going on. And then right. You so, people... oh. Sorry, go ahead. And you got people like Mia Yim who hasn't been used at all. Harry Smith, like I said, like he hasn't even been on TV since getting re-signed. I believe Oni Lorcan is the same way. And we can at least say that uh, Grand Metal League and Lince Dorado were looking for release, so 
Right. No. Like when you have guys looking to leave, you let them leave when you're in dire financial health. Yeah. You think that. So what doesn't make sense to me in this situation, you have one Kevin Owens who has (laughs) multiple times hinted at talking about Mount Rushmore. He has openly flirted with, and, you know, wrestling flirt, not romantic flirt. But if they do want a romantic flirt, like, I'm not going to stop them. Um, We know of. That we know of. That we know of. That's why I said openly. They might be privately flirting. (laughs) But they have been flirting with the idea of getting Mount Rushmore back together. Yeah. You have... Sorry, I keep interrupting. No, it's okay. I think we were talking about this last night, actually. We were. Where Kevin Owens is in a spot where he, everyone knows his contract is up for release in January. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that. And kind of like Randy Orton did early last year, where he started dropping these hints like, I have somewhere else to go now, so you want to keep me? And you can use that to leverage and get a better contract out of it. Right. So you have Kevin Owens, who is one of your top guys on whatever show. He does whatever you need him to. He's all over the place. He's popular. He's a worker. He's French-Canadian, which you hear sometimes in his accent. There's no downside to Kevin Owens. He's willing to jump off of a goddamn pirate ship. Wanting to, even. And yeah, Montreal makes great wrestlers. Montreal makes amazing wrestlers. Because there's <laughs> shit all else to do most of the time. <laughs> so, yeah, you've got one of your top guys now saying, well, I could just go to this place. So I could go to... you a better contract. So, to me, a smart business decision particularly if he is talking about, well, I'm just going to leave. You guys can, you guys have to give me a beer. Tell him to F off. Fine. Go. Bye. You have just saved us a Kevin Owens-sized contract. Mm-hmm. It's things like that. The fact that so much decision-making in WWE is fueled by spite. They will not let Kevin Owens go unless he just refuses to sign the contract because he would go to AEW in a second and he would be so popular. Mm-hmm. I mean, like astronomically popular. Like I don't think I can put into words how much I want Kevin Steen back, especially after seeing Brian Danielson back. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> it's very much the same Smash Mouth style. Now, one of the things that I've been thinking about is there's another person on the WWE roster who didn't really have an indie career or anything else before signing with the WWE, but is like fairly well-liked. And is booked very badly. I'm specifically talking about Sami Zayn. Yeah, you know, they kind of just brought him in. He he was kind of an in-house creation. Like. Which usually they're pretty big on. Yeah. It's It's weird. It's interesting. So, like, I don't know what happens with someone like Sami Zayn who's as far as I'm aware, fairly unhappy with the WWE. But who knows? It's kind of weird when your storyline is bad-mouthing the WWE within yeah. WWE. Because it's like, where's that line drawn now? <laughs> um, You know who I would like to see come back if we also got Kevin Steen? And I know this is oh, I a... I think I do. It's like a complete high in the sky dream because he did move to Tijuana to open that orphanage and then the orphanage burned down 
and he died saving the orphans. I would like Gen Generico to come back. They'd have to resurrect him. Like they've done resurrections before. Yeah, I mean we got a ghost running around AEW as it is. We have a zombie. Yeah, we got a zombie and a ghost. Who's the ghost? Adam Cole. He's not a ghost. He was resurrected. No, he he was seanced. Okay, so what's happening right now is that <laughs> Adam Cole is possessing the dead body of Adam Cole. Yep. So the ghost of Adam Cole is piloting Adam Cole. <laughs> Which must be very weird because he doesn't realize it yet. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> so that was an interesting tangent. <laughs> yes. <laughs> There's a section in Blades of the Dark all about this. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what I'm getting at is um that the Kevin Owens contract is one that is ripe for pruning. Mm -hmm. Because it's a guy who keeps, who is actively saying, I'll go elsewhere. You're trying to save costs. You say, fine, go elsewhere. Because WWE has the talent to replace Kevin Owens. Just don't at a much out. cheaper rate. You, I mean, like, sure, they're different wrestlers, but, like, I don't see why someone like Keith Lee couldn't slot into most Kevin Owens feuds. Oh, easily. Like, obviously different styles, obviously different, like, you know, amounts of notoriety within the wrestling world and everything like that, but it's an easy swap, and you have a less expensive contract... You have a big guy. You get to hold over AEW that we promote our wrestlers of color thing. Because boy howdy is that something AEW needs to fix. Yeah. It's, there's just, it, it, it's mind boggling how bad the decision making of WWE is sometimes. Now, um, in chat, someone mentioned Mount Rushmore throwing a wrench into the super elite. So I've been kind of like doing a little bit of fantasy booking in my brain because WWE keeps fucking firing people. Kenny is very clearly signaling that he's not thrilled that Adam Cole is back. Yeah, he's real awkward about it. What if we have, let's just say that certain other members of the NXT roster get released. <laughs> what happens if we get a, so, well, just hypothetically, how fucking cool would it be to have an Undisputed Era versus the Elite Blood and Guts match? Oh, a Blood and Guts match. A Blood and Guts match. Oh, that would. Yeah. Right. That would be fucking amazing. That like, would be like. 2010 Ring of Honor? We're just going to update that for a night. <laughs> I think far too tamely, apparently. <laughs> apparently. Okay, okay. please. Tell us what it would be more exciting. Would it be more exciting as an Undisputed Era versus the Elite Stadium Stampede? I mean, I do love a good Stadium Stampede. I was thinking about the Stadium Stampede match. Like the first one when I was in the shower earlier this week, and it's like, it's still striking how Renate CTRPG were using Uno cards to hold a blood and guts match between 
Oh my goodness. <laughs> so. Very good. I'm like thinking about the blood and guts, not the blood and guts, the um, stadium stampede match and how important that match was in mm -hmm. the timeline of wrestling in 2020. Yeah. Like, I've gone through a lot of back and forth thinking about, like, wrestling last year because, like, last year was the first time that I watched a weekly wrestling show. Last year was the first time that, like, I was actively following every pay-per-view of a promotion other than, like, you know, that period of 2019 it was like the first full year of televised wrestling for me mm -hmm. and it was a weird one like no questions asked so to have that stadium stampede match in the middle of all of that in the middle of probably one of the worst years of my life. It was a relief. Yeah. And, it... like... Go ahead, I'm gonna stop over you. Uh, I was just gonna say that, like, it, it meant a whole lot to a whole lot of people because it was that one thing that we really looked forward to. Mm-hmm. Because, like, the rest of the show still was an empty arena show for their a main pay-per-view with the talent that they could get on hand. Mm-hmm. When, what was it, like, 49 or 50% of the roster just couldn't fly out because of restrictions? And... It's... And then you have, like... It, you have a match that understands that people need to people want to be able to laugh right like that's at the end of the day that's what made that match good it's yep. what made that match frankly legendary is that it gave people who for quite some time had not had the opportunity to feel genuine joy it gave us that chance to like have Matt Hardy get drowned in water from the pool of the resurrection, the lake of resurrection, and come back as a bunch of different Matt Hardy gimmicks. We had people getting locked in freezers. We had people getting their bell rung, literally. <laughs> and that's all just one segment. Yeah, that's not even counting the Jacksonville Jaguars mascot eating a Judas effect. Mm -hmm. Or getting a play reviewed. Having a wrestling play reviewed. Like, yeah, it's a referee play. <laughs> it was cutting promos on track. There was just, it was just so much fun. And, like, I feel like wrestling needs to, if wrestling wants to continue and be successful, it needs to continue to embrace the fact that wrestling should be fun. Mm -hmm. and that's where the Jim Cornette stands will come in and yell at me that wrestling is a very serious and legitimate sport or some bullshit like that and I will tell them sorry I'm too busy enjoying a multiple thousand year old dinosaur who has a, pe who has a master's degree in medieval history <laughs> which is cheating because he lived through it I mean, like, there are people with master's degrees in, like, Soviet history who fucking lived through it. I mean, that's not the same as hundreds of years. Fucker. Don't ask what I'm swearing about. Okay, I won't. I'm not allowed to say it on YouTube. <laughs> Let's just say so, I dropped some herbaceous material 
Oh, you're going to do some cooking later. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I yeah. dropped my oregano. Okay. Well, while you're doing that, I am going to say, watching the names come in in real time last night, it almost felt like that little part of your brain that enjoys a mystery or a conspiracy or something. Mm-hmm. Like... Is it possible for WWE to just mass fire wrestlers every few months to flood the market with people who can now um, advertise themselves as former WWE superstars and demand higher rates from everywhere? So basically, and this is this is something that I also wanted to talk about while we were on the subject, is... Is this a surreptitious attempt at nuking the indies by making booking indie shows too expensive? Now, I don't... I don't think that's an active thought. It could at least be a side effect of what's going on, though. It's very possible to be... It's very possible that that is a, uh, like, a consequence of what, you know, you have guys who are used to multiple million dollar contracts or you know tens thousands hundreds thousands contracts now wrestling for i don't know jersey pro let's just say and like gcw doesn't pay that much they pay enough but they don't pay that much yeah like you don't have to look at that though it's like a lot of the guys can't re release from like 205 live and stuff like mm -hmm. you can rebuild the X division and impact with that. There's like basically two or three whole companies worth of people release. Yeah. So I don't know how many fired WWE guys AEW is going to continue to pick up. Not as many as when they first did. Now. People who've um, requested a release and left of their own accord, different story. Oh yeah, totally. Now, on the other side is, because you're dealing with companies like AEW or Impact or just the Indies in general, you have the option for short-term contracts. Mm -hmm. They don't have to go in for five-year deals like wwe does right you could even do like minoru suzuki's autumn of destruction which was so cool <laughs> oh my god that was cool as fuck but like you know you can have someone like i mean like you you book keith lee on like one show right you have him beat up your top guy and everyone's like, oh my god, that was so cool! And then they continue watching your shit. Mm -hmm. Is the logic. But then, like, at a certain point, Keith Lee gotta work somewhere, too. Yeah. I don't know. I would think it would be very surprising to me if AEW did not pick up someone like Keith Lee. Honestly, Yeah. And we'll have to see what happens to Ring of Honor in January or April next year with how they're going to be able to continue business. Because, again, like, Keith Lee would be huge in the current Ring of Honor system. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's very fascinating, the kind of fantasy book how these moves to becoming independent wrestlers will go. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I am concerned that, like, not really. I'm not cons I, mm. I worry for the people currently signed with WWE that when WWE does sell, because that looks like what they're gearing up to do, that they will go the way of WCW. Because right now that's kind of what they 
it's what WWE booking feels like. Yeah, they're making a lot of the same mistakes that they capitalized on 20-plus years ago. So. Anyway, I think that's enough talk about WWE, don't you? Especially considering this was supposed to be a bonus short episode, and we just did 40 minutes. (laughs) So, in closing on that, we definitely hope all the best for everyone released, and... Yeah. It It fucking sucks. I hate that that happened to them. I'm not fantasy booking any of them in anything right now. Instead, I am just saying sorry that happened because that really does suck. Like, yeah, getting fired fucking sucks. And I don't have anything to say beyond that. Once they are ready to start talking about fantasy booking, then I will start talking about it. It it is kind of funny. Even Marie was right on Twitter today because she's filming a movie. She's like, screw it, I'm still filming a movie. I saw someone... Oh gosh, hold on. Let me find the tweet. Um... <clears throat> Okay, so, um, Scarlett Bordeaux tweeted, Mm -hmm. Time to fulfill my wrestling dream of having a hardcore brawn panties match. (laughs) Jordan Grace replies, Can it be against me? So that is the one thing I will fantasy book. I want that to happen. That would be cool as fuck. Cool as fuck. So, uh, the other topic that I want to bring up is um, just a very brief touch on the fact that John Moxley has checked himself into rehab. I don't want to be like, I don't want to like focus on it for too long, but I just want to say that as someone who has struggled with alcohol addiction before, I deeply, deeply admire his commitment to getting better, and I'm very proud of him for seeking help when he needs it. I wish him nothing but the best and a recovery that lasts for a long, long time. Yep. That is the full extent of what I need to say. Anything to add to that? Not really, you know, like it 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 sucks and it's scary to ask for help, but like it he's in a recoverable spot. He's just by the fact that he has opted to go to rehab mm-hmm. he is in a spot where the spiral doesn't get worse. Yeah. He's chosen to get better. That's, like, basically one of the hardest things you need to do. Yeah. So, Edith Surreal versus Ziggy Haim in a hair... in a mask versus hair match. Let's talk about that. Oh. Let's talk about one of the most enjoyable matches I've watched this year. Honestly, yeah. Like, the story for this goes back to, what, season one of Enjoy? Enjoy? Yeah, Enjoy Canned Heat is when this goes back to. Yeah, where Ziggy stole um, Edith. Edith's mask. <laughs> I'm, I'm bad with names right now. Where Ziggy stole Edith's mask and, like, it allowed Edie to get out whole new gear and everything, which was very cool to see. Right. And then in retaliation, Edie cut, cut Ziggy's hair in, after a match. Mm-hmm. It was just, it was a, it's a good rivalry that's been building for 
a pretty long time. Mm-hmm. And fact of the matter is, Edith Surreal has been putting on a an array of world-class wrestling matches for minus the injury like the entire year. Mm-hmm. There was um, the Camp Leapfrog match versus Effie. One of the oh best matches God. I've ever watched. Like At the end of the day, she has been putting out matches that are like unparalleled in their quality on a incredibly consistent basis. Yeah. Like I have always had a lot of admiration, respect and everything like that for her wrestling. But since the death of Chikara, she has done nothing but get better and better and better and better. Yeah, she is skilled beyond her years. Because she, she hasn't been wrestling that long, and she's like... It's the kind of thing where, you know, you don't like using terms like generational talent often. But I would not be surprised if she was with a major promotion in the next couple of years. Yeah. If that's what she wants. I would not trust WWE to handle her character very well. Uh, nope. (laughs) And I don't trust AEW's women's division right now. Nope. So, Impact? Impact has a great women's division. Impact has a great women's division. It's just, like... Impact and money don't historically go that great together. Yeah. They... They put on a really good product, but it's never quite the... presentation level as the competition it doesn't have the same polish a lot of the time yeah that's what i'm going for so yeah i i mean i am hopeful i am genuinely very hopeful that things that um impact continues to do well impact continues to put on world-class wrestling matches and continues to up their stock Because at the end of the day, I have no doubt that healthy competition makes for better wrestling. Mm -hmm. Healthy co-opetition makes for even better wrestling. Keep that forbidden door open. Keep Tony Khan open. (laughs) At the end of the day, like... Competition is great. Competition helps. You know, having competing for market share and everything like that, sure, cool, great. Coopetition, the thing that's going on with Impact and AEW right now, where they're both trying to outdo each other, but they're also cooperating with each other, the, the sort of friendly rivalry kind of vibe... That makes for even better shit. Yeah. And, like, they just got to the end of this section of it with Mm -hmm. Christian Cage losing the world title to Josh Alexander. Mm -hmm. And, like, that's, that's it for it right now. I would not be surprised to see them go back to it again in the future when, like, it makes sense to. Yeah, no, it makes perfect sense to do stuff like that. Like, I'm very, very happy to see a competitive market that is also willing to cooperate. Mm-hmm. I 
Sorry, I just saw Aitsu said that uh, Edith Surreal would do amazing things in Tokyo Joshi. Yes. Yeah? Absolutely. I could see Edith Surreal being, you know, princess champion. That's if AD can get away from Max the Impaler right now. <laughs> A terrifying prospect. So for context, they had a match at the last Camp Leapfrog show. Mm -hmm. And it, it was about as close to a squash as I've seen. That's not true. Crab had a match against two jobbers. It's the second close, closest to a squash I've seen on a Camp Leapfrog show. Like, great match, but Max just outpowered Elith at every turn. Which I think is setting up for some really, really cool turnaround. Oh yeah, it's going to be cool as fuck. Like, figuring out a way to, in effect, load your sling and take down Goliath. Mm-hmm. Very cool. We were talking about Hedy versus Ziggy. We were. And that match was... Well, Billy Sumo. Other than the finish. I don't know if you can tell or not, but I might be a little biased. <laughs> I didn't put on an Hedy shirt today, sorry. That's okay. I am absolutely going to keep wearing this shirt because I fucking love this shirt. It looks really good. It's a good shirt. The graphics on it are phenomenal. And it says Kosher Pro Wrestling. Like, what more do I need? Yeah, you'd never know that she got DVD'd through two tables. Oh my god. <laughs> that was... That was something. Mm -hmm. That table spot was incredible. That was one of the few gifts that I saw going around from that match. From when it was recorded last month? Something like that, yeah. I think it was like early October. It was... I mean, like, that looked like it hurt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They slowed down a lot after that one. <laughs> mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I'm of the opinion that Edith Surreal can do no wrong and will only ever put on barn burners. Okay, she's going to have a bad match once in a while. Nope! <laughs> she's just human. I'm pretty sure she's No, not, she's and... trans. Yeah, first of all, trans people We're are better human. than humans. Okay, that's fair. Second of all, second of all, she's also a living work of art. Yes. And not a human. So, don't count your chickens before they egg. He's already hatched. Not an egg anymore. <laughs> I wonder... Okay, here's, here's, here's the important question. How many people do you think Edith Surreal has caused the oh moment in? Some? More or less than 10? I know of at least one, so I'm going to say more. Fair, I think more as well. The, the, the... Oh. Moment is... 
it, it, it can come from anywhere, really. You can just do that? Wait, what? <laughs> that moment is a very weird time. I don't know if it's... I don't wouldn't call it a good time. It's challenging. But it can also be kind of comforting. It's comforting to know that you're not alone. Yes. But the moment when you realize, like, oh, fuck. <laughs> that just makes things a lot more complicated. Yep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That was kind of... I I legitimately said out loud to myself, Oh, shit. I think I'm trans. <laughs> Which is an incredible coming out to oneself story. Like, the fact that I had a stupid little one-liner in there like, I don't know yeah. how many people have that. I was like, like, what kind of movie-ass coming out to yourself is that? <laughs> so, anyway. Uh, yeah. I strongly recommend that everyone check out the Edith Surreal versus Ziggy Hyam match. I was conflicted by my two major loyalties. Violent Jewish girls and violent trans women. I was all Edie all the way. I love Ziggy. But Edie was working face, so I had to. Yeah, you know, I, I get it. <laughs> They're about to do the table spot. Okay, so we're not going to spoil this match for you. We didn't say who won? I don't think we did. Huh. The winner was the audience. The real winner was the audience for having such, having witnessed such a, a beautiful match. I, I will say a winner the is after match segment maybe go, oh, a little bit. Oh yeah, that was hot. <laughs> Anyway, before we spoil it for people watching as we talk about it. <laughs> Aaron, did you have anything else you wanted to talk about? We managed to fit it in in the hour. Yeah, we did. Um, I'm going to tell people to go watch Camp Leapfrog's Creep Frog show. It's that on was very I good. IWTV. Especially, especially... They have to watch the match of Travis Huckabee and Kaya McKenna mm -hmm. because we sponsored it. Yes. You okay. should absolutely watch the match that we sponsored. So Marky with my girlfriend, has sponsored two matches in uh, Leapfrog now. I don't know how they do this, but they pick my absolute favorite ones on the show. The first time was the outfielders with the tag title. So, like, I love tag wrestling. I love the outfielders. This is perfect. The second one is I love found footage movies. Mm -hmm. I especially love the Blair Witch Project. Mm -hmm. <laughs> this match was found footage wrestling. It's beautiful. It was the Bear Witch Project. Yes. Okay, um, so anyway, Aaron, that's your recommendation. I don't think I have anything else that I wanted to talk about. Are we ready to wrap uh, things up? Booge. Oh, that's right, we we're going to talk about Budge! I can never get that right. I always think it's Booge. No, it's Budge. I'm probably thinking about boobs. Or Boogs. Rick Boogs is pretty good, yeah. So, tonight on 
fucking AEW Rampage. We have the Meat Man John Silver <laughs> versus Budge. In a match almost entirely created through BTE. Yep. <laughs> and you know, got a lot of respect for John Silver for having drank a bunch of pee pee and eaten a bunch of shit. Because if you got a kink, you embrace it. Good for him. I don't think he has a kink. I think he was trying to be a good friend. <laughs> no, he's got a he's got a piss kink. It's pretty obvious the character has a piss kink. <laughs> it's come up multiple times. Okay, that's fair. Oh. And you know what? Oh. If a piss kink can get you a match against Adam Cole, embrace it. <laughs> I do just want to say Okay, real I quick, want... I'm going to cut in here. Hi, Adam Cole. I'm free for a match whenever you want. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, Aaron. You do just want to say. I, I... Hmm. <laughs> I'm trying to get back my train of thought now. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to say that I will be counting the number of times they both cover up corpsing in this match. Yeah, no, that that's that's fair. That's a very fair thing to cover up. <laughs> in the matches of the Dark Order and the Elite, like even there, there was a few times where they got each other. <laughs> they are they they all have very good comedic timing with each other. I'm hoping that the Stadium Stampede. We might. I hope we might get a stadium stampede of the elite versus the dark order. I think that would be fun. That'd be very cool. That'd be a lot of fun. I'm, but I'm also like kind of thinking that the rule of the stadium stampede is that the pinnacle has to be in the stadium stampede and win. Yes, if we're go, they have to turn face and they have to win. Yep. <laughs> That's that's the rules that we've established of the stadium stampede. <laughs> that's how you book a stadium stampede match. The previous loser turns face and then wins. Yep. So anyway, I think that's all I want to talk about. Yep. <laughs> Before I give you another chance to talk about some kind of kink. It's wrestling, Aaron. The whole thing it, is kink. I have to put up with this talk every day. Mm-hmm. And I still show up. Yep. So That's anyway. All. Yep. <laughs> yep. Um. The pinnacle turning face does seem impossible. MJF yeah. could not play face. MJF is... Too perfect as a heel. Okay, I'm gonna end the show now because I'm tired. I want to smoke some. You want to go salmon some, with some herbs with, with the oregano, of course. Yes, and <laughs> this shit uh, isn't monetized anyway. One thing I said, shit. Yeah, we did. We do swear a lot, which is not YouTube friendly. Did I do that? Okay. Uh, That's a real Urkel catchphrase. I know it is. I, yep, I watch that show a lot. <laughs> okay. Our recommendation for this week is to watch Family Matters. <laughs> okay. Uh, as we say at the bottom, bottom. <clears throat> of every show. As the bottom says. As the bottom says at the end of every show. Thank you all so very much for coming out tonight and watching. I must bid you adieu. 
and say to you, be gay. Ah, and you, crimes, bang. Marking Out With My Girlfriend is a production of Sosa's Media. Check us out at SOSES.ca. Music has been provided by Sounds Like an Earful.